0: I hope that this season of Christmas has been a gift to you. Yes, these 12 days of Christmas mark a short and meaningful season in our lives, in the life of the church. We are quick to move on, though. We are already seeing the trees decorating the curb in our neighborhood. And I imagine many are already packed neatly in basements or crawl spaces for the next year. In all actuality, though, Christmas ends with Epiphany, which the actual feast day is tomorrow, January 6th. But with modern lives and modern schedules, we generally mark the day in the church on the nearest Sunday. So today we celebrate the gift of Epiphany, It's a day in the church that is shrouded with a lot of mystery and actually quite few details, fewer details than we seem to put forward. While Christmas lays the foundation for our Christian faith, that is, that God became flesh and dwells among us. Epiphany is a beautiful story that reveals a beautiful act of faith as a response to that gift. We tell this story of the three kings who have traveled so far. And as the story only appears in the Gospel of Matthew in the Bible, the details that we know about this story are right there. It turns out that these three kings were not kings after all, they were magi, which means they're less like royalty and more like scientists. Scripture doesn't actually say even how many there were, and the gospel definitely does not give them names as we have done uh, for them. And quite likely, there were probably even more than three, though perhaps we get three from from the three gifts that they bring gold and frankincense and myrrh. The Magi probably needed caravans of people, actually, to make that long, long journey from Persia. So when the Gospel writer says that they come from the East, a little, literal translation of the scripture would read that these Magi came from the rising as in the rising of the sun, as in the rising of light. And the use of this word rising is no accident. It is meant for us, those reading scripture, to hear allusions from other scriptures, like, arise, shine, your light has come, says the prophet Isaiah. Or from the Gospel of John, where the writer says, what has come into being in him was life. And the life was the light of all people, and the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not overcome it. Or perhaps in Luke, where the Gospel writer says, by the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us to give light to those who sit in darkness in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. Or maybe, just maybe, when young children sing, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. The Magi came from the direction of the rising of the light, to bear witness to love's one true light a child, a Messiah, Jesus. What is so remarkable about these foreign, unnamed, mysterious people, these called magi, is that they sought the Christ child, having seen a star rise in the night. They followed the light, God's light, God's love that had become flesh and dwelled among us, God becoming one of us. And then they recognized the light, and they offered their gratitude And the story of this light, this Christ child, became something that they would share. It was a sign that the Magi could not ignore. The Magi, seeing the sign, experiencing the sign, respond by traveling this great, great distance to get down on their knees, to offer their gifts as an act of faith. They saw a sign, and they responded with wonder, with purpose. With our way of life, with our daily rhythms, with our attitudes and longings and commitments, how do we respond to a sign from God? How do we listen to God's leading in our lives? How do we share our gifts in ways that are faithful. How do we respond with wonder and purpose, like the Magi? In the Christmas story, Joseph responded with mercy, Mary with gratitude and with love. The shepherds rushed to bear witness of this newborn king, and the angels sang Gloria. And now here, magi with gifts and wonder. And there was also Herod. Herod, the one called a terrible king who responded with fear and with violence and threats. And there were also the scribes and the priests who returned carelessly to their intellect, their indifference, their lofty positions. Now, in reading the story, we may not liken ourselves to be one of these so-called three, but considering there were probably many in their caravan, we could call ourselves part of that entourage, that community. And so our question would be, how do we respond to such a sign from God? How would we respond to God's love and God's light? We might attempt some of our more customary, some of our more usual kinds of responses. We might look toward the traditions of resolutions. We might seek to better ourselves in a world of self-improvement. We might try to pay more attention to our relationships, to listen more carefully. We might seek to be more generous or peaceful or loving. We might seek to be more charitable or put aside our negative energy. And all of these would be good. All of these would be faithful. But the Magi show an even deeper response built on God's dream for the world, God's dream for them. Rather than a response designed around their desires or their ambition, The Magi's response is one of spreading God's light and God's love. They leave the manger empty-handed, but they leave full-hearted, not because they did something that made themselves or their lives better, but because they return home by a different way as different people. They have experienced Christ, the Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Prince of Peace. And they leave as people that God will work through to share God's love with others in the world. They leave as those who will help to fulfill God's dream of hope and peace and joy and love to be made known among all across the world. John Paul Lederach is a mediator and a negotiator in international relationships and international conflicts. He calls the kind of response that is like the Magi, he calls this kind of response critical yeast. He writes that when it comes to cultural change, we excessively fixate on the critical mass and we underestimate the catalytic quality of the improbable few. The critical yeast, he writes, Small, unlikely combinations of persistent people and partnerships that are committed to a new quality of relationship dwell before and behind every instance of social change. What truly shifts what is possible and transformative across generations are these who are critical yeast. The Magi are critical yeast. A star rose over the town of Bethlehem, a town whose name means house of bread. And the Magi witnessed a star, a sign, and they responded with faith. The way the Magi respond to the sign shows how they become part of God's critical yeast. They become part of the communion of things to come, part of the rising of God's love and God's light in the world. It is a communion that will fulfill God's dream to make hope and peace and joy and love known and lived among all people." These magi, these from far outside the boundaries of this story, acted with faith. They went home by a different road, the scripture says. And they did. They also went home having shared their gifts with God and so that their gifts received from God might be shared with their people, their community. So as we enter a new season, a new year, a new hope, may we enter it with the courage and the faith to be part of those who are called critical yeast, responding to the sign that God has placed in our lives That we might be those who share the rising of God's love and God's light in our lives. Letting it shine through us wherever we go, to whomever we meet. May it be so this day and always. Thanks be to God. Amen.